0: One of the memories I have about growing up as a child, I was just telling uh, Linda, is that my mom loved to cook. To date, she really loves to cook. And her food was amazing. Like she would bake, make passion juices. My mom loves to cook. Even now, whenever she hears the we are going, or my kids are going, or our kids are going, she will rise up from even the bed if she's unwell, because she must prepare a meal. And there's a way her food just hits. In fact, as I grew up, I realized Kunama Hotel ikumbe. There are People who cook taught, so they cook really great. Yeah, I mean looks very nice. By my mom's food, there's a way it hits home. Up to now, if I feel stressed, I will go home. And she'll ask my cook for you, like, just cook. And I'll sit there and eat. Even today. I was probably there two weeks ago. My daughter lives at the river, takes her friends, let's go see my grandma. Because we shall be fed. It is a thing in our home, but the other one I remembered was my dad when we were younger. Every Sunday, even my friend, the one who was ten years old, uh, who I've known since I was ten, would bring her sibling because Sunday kutakwa another meal. Let me call it a meal now that my dad would prepare of nyama and all sorts of ingredients. Boilong. long. It's only later I knew it was a hangover. Remedy by every Sunday, we looked forward to that drink like the soup, the meat, even the tomatoes. Like, I'm telling you, my friend, every single Sunday, my dad made a meal, and that nyama and whatever was just so amazing. We just looked forward to it. Of course, later, as we got older, and then we were like, Kumbani, you know, hangover. And then we say, yeah, I'm complaining about nyanyas. Me had never had before all oh, her veggies are over by Sunday evening because they're all in that one pot. I mean, ten potatoes. Eh, and na feel? There were ten big potatoes, ten nyanyas, every- onions. But then it was just the best thing. It was truly, truly the best thing we used to have. Anyway, that was great memories for us. Cindy." Yeah, so we all have been raised in families, and today I want to continue a series on how are you really doing um, just to kind of tie up about our children. Um, thank you for being patient last Sunday. I know I passed the time. Jesus is Lord. Today, Mungu Nibuana, Yesu Nibuana. <laughs> So as we want to continue, because during the last Sundays we have learned that all of us suffer from some level of emotional health imbalance. We say this is because of our alienation from God, which comes from our refusal to believe that He exists and He cares. I've made a point of repeating these things every Sunday because I want it to sink in. I want it to be a mantra in your head. This is because, as we said, our alienation from God, which comes from our refusal to believe that He exists and he cares. And so we seek other ways apart from God to meet our emotional needs, that, and all this leave us empty. So this becomes a source of all our anxieties, fears, stresses, and other emotional imbalances that we continue to have, whether at work or in our relationships. We then talked about how to manage and find rest in God in order to have balanced or healthy emotions despite the stresses of life. Let me say to anyone who not listened, please do start from our po- podcast has all of them. Last week, we started on finding emotional wellness within our families, and today we shall continue, as I've just said, looking at emotional well-being in our children just a little bit more. And as Rosalind asked that question, which was a good question, in the way people answered it. Where your most fun memories were when growing up. Many of you obviously said your childhood years. This is below the 10 years, up or 12, the innocence years, as we like to call them. This is actually a true thing, um, not going to the facts and research of it. Um, for many adults reflecting back, they always start with their younger years. When you start thinking about your teen and college years, you'll find that yes, there was some fun. But there's some flashy of some not rosy days. Some reality checks were getting in there. Upon to Discover, any hangover for real? Mom makes noise about veggies. We're like, okay, kumbe, we are misusing the things we have. And it's not like we have plenty. So you see, the adolescents and colleges have a way of bringing to the surface issues hidden in childhood, the cracks in the formation of these foundational years. You see, children are sponges, absorbing what is going on around them, even their parents' stresses. That's the emotional state of their parents. Remember we said this last time? And I said most times parents are not aware that their kids are soaking it in. The other reason is because sources of stress have increased as they experience bigger life changes. I'm talking why in your teen, an adult, young adult. Why now you find that new stresses is because there's an increased experience in bigger life changes, you know, body changes, new group of friends, what am I in the high school, secondary, you're in mixed, you're in uh, girls, boys, now the stresses increase. Next level of education, more schoolwork, and the more schoolwork, high expectations from your parents. Well, you have been told, homework at seven, eight years at form two my word is like a crisis is happening you know there's also you know increased access to social media and generally wider news and information from across the world those things do bring stresses to our children remember we say that stress is part of our lives now stress being that feeling we get when we feel under pressure overwhelmed unable to cope That is what stress is. Well, some measure of it is always a good motivator to achieving goals, don't we agree? A little bit of push, it's not a bad thing to feel a bit of pressure to achieve goals. But too much of it can lead to it getting out of control that's negatively impacting our emotions, our moods, physical and even mental well-being and relationships. An article by UNICEF that I read sometime, which I've, I've seen to be true, says that most children experience stress where they cannot cope with threatening, difficult, or painful situations. Threatening, difficult, or painful situations. So keep in mind that children do experience some levels of stress, just like adults do. Do not be lied, even the newborn, even this little baby. Akona is Zake. Mom is taking forever with the bottle. That is stress to the young man. And they have their own stresses, and he will display that emotion loudly for everyone to know I am stressed because I have not been fed and I want my bottle. So, the stresses, every one of us gets them. We're in agreement, right? So, research was done that sought to cluster the onset of emotional issues among children and young adults, and this is what they discovered. This research is a bit. Behind KidoGo, but it is really will just guide our conversation a little bit. Many behavioral problems, such as attention deficiency, opposition or defiance, lack of self-control, rage or explosive anger, begins in the age range of four to fifteen years. To tell you the truth, nowadays we are experiencing it even at three years or two years old. Parents must agree. Unaka defiance as show up even at two years. Anxiety and fear related disorders onset age range is between five and seventeen years. That is actually true. The onset, the onset of anxiety and fear related disorders. Eating disorders such as bulimia and anorexia disorders around fifteen to eighteen years. But then the truth of also this from just experience and just been in forums of talking about especially eating disorders, which mostly affect girls, it can start very early, the thought of something wrong with their body. It's a body thing. Then stress-related disorders, 15 to 30 years. Some says abuse, alcohol, drugs, addictive behavior, even addictive behaviors like porn. They say between 19 to 25 years, if not earlier. I think sometimes it gets to be earlier. Though we are seeing this change because in the last decade, as we see social media and gadgets, availability to this has become more easier. Remember the first time I heard of a porn? Should I even go there? I think I was in class eight, and it was a magazine. There was hula balloo in our school because somebody had a magazine. Nowadays, it's just on their phones. Schizophrenia, psychotic, and personality disorders, onset rate, age range between 20 and 25. When they say onset, for me, I like saying that's what, how they put it. But in truthful, around that 2025, it just means they are being diagnosed then. It has been playing around somewhere in their psyche, And then they just get into diagnosis around then. So these are the years when the issues begin and they can last a lifetime if nothing is done to intervene. So as we talk about children, if we have no biological children, let me say this. Remember we said we have a bigger family that we all belong to. So do not check out. And more so as a believer, it's a responsibility, even I dare say, a calling to ensure that the children that are in your sphere of influence, that are around you, that you have access to, would grow in the ways of the Lord. And being able to help them balance or be healthy emotionally is part of you honoring God. So conversation. Sawa. I personally believe, like I really own Pastor Angie's and uh, Nick's babies. I feel really deeply responsible for them. Like I feel like they are my own children. So I know it is possible to say, I will be honoring God with every child that has been put around me. So do listen with a child or children that you have access to in mind, or you think you could do a bit more for them, allow this conversation for today to land you in a place that you can get active in doing something for them. For you as uh, adults, as the parents, those statistics already have you thinking about your children. Mine is 10, so come out of 15. 15. I know our uh, minds normally go wondering whether there's danger or are they displaying some of these behaviors already. So listen, even with the view of your own nieces, even you have your own biological children, you belong again into a bigger family. In this instance, before you can, br- you can bring God's kingdom to the ends of the world, I keep saying start with the ones who are near you. i Samaria, at the ends of the world. Amen. So you might have recognized, for example, that your 10-year-old is defiant or your 15-year-old has no self-control when it comes to eating or even handling their gadget or your nephew has a drinking or drug problem. You see, one of the things we do not realize is that those things when the children are below five or seven years do, we excuse them as, and name them as cute. So this defiant did not start then. They, it was a picture moment to share on TikTok at one point. You know those tatrams in the supermarket? And then we excuse them. Where the child throws themselves and causes fracas and you succumb to buying them. What they want because you are embarrassed or you just quickly want to get out of the shop. And then you excuse, anyway, they're still growing. After only two-year-old, after only three-year-old. And that can grow up to be a manipulative trait in their teens. I don't even want to tell you what it becomes when they're an adult. But you can guess. The law of projection simply says childhood behavior to teenage and young adulthood it superimposes. The childhood behavior superimposes um... How did I write it? The law of projection simply suicide imposes childhood behavior to teenage and young adult. So the, the, whatever behaviors you're seeing now in any child that is lower and you're excusing and sharing on TikTok and family groups saying it's so cute, in total you got two years old, there's that. But if you don't do anything about it, it will definitely show up later. It as a defiant, as I said, a defiant four-year-old will be an angry, defiant 15-year-old. And I can tell you, it's very hard to start impacting a 15-year-old if you missed it early. But I also say the Lord is a Redeemer. Amen? Today, to wrap up emotional wellness in families and more focused on children, I want to share two Bible truths that allows us to help our children remain emotionally healthy. I know last week I mentioned that when there are some some factors that you can start doing, I said prioritize your marriage. I said it starts with you as the adult. But these two Bible truths really are directed to your children. The first one is train your child. Proverbs 22.6 says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. So as believers, when you read this verse, we assume the child begins, being talked about is being taught godly values but the power of this was that it applies either way train up a child in godly ways and they will not depart from it but it also means if you do not train your child they also means train up a child in ungodly ways and they will not depart from it meaning if you intentionally do not train a child is the same as training them in ungodly ways as they do not have the right information or are not guided, wanna grow too. So if you're not intentional about it and you're just living it to life and they will grow grown in it, just know you're training them in ungodly ways because you're not actively participating to train them in godly ways. Training your child is not about good manners, it's about good behavior and as we know, our emotional wellness attributes are most often displayed in our behavior. So the question is, how are you training up your child? Who is training your child? What media is influencing your children? Also, what excuses are you making for their behavior right now? What tantrum behaviors are you letting pass because you assume they won't understand? Or they are too cute? Hmm? It's a selfie moment. Just ask yourself, what behavior, when you think about it, that niece, that nephew, or you look at the mom, you're like at am sort, but you're right there. Or I'll tell them later, but you're right there. You see, the, the behavior you're letting off now through your excuses will grow to become a monster that will bite you as a parent and greatly harm your child. And truth be told, for generations to come, if not arrested in time. So we as parents and adults in their lives need to become intentional in how you, we are training or raise them to become emotionally functioning adults. It's our godly responsibility to help the children understand their emotions and teach them to regulate them. That is training. I repeat, it is our godly responsibility to help the children understand their emotions and teach them to regulate them. We train them on very many things, potty training say thank you, say please. But then, to train them on their own emotional health is something we never think about. And remember, we said, you'll only be able to do this if you have a healthy, emotional, balanced life. Remember, it it starts with you. You see, one of the things that, and I'll give a few examples here, Uh, a few Sundays ago, Ms. Zola, as I said, is my child. I feel equally (laughs) <laughs> some rights over there. So she, she asked her mom for something to do. Uh, I think she wanted to do some skates in church. The mom said, no, we'll do it later after service. But when you go to church, she went to her dad. Can I skate now? Dad said yes. But the dad didn't know the mom had asked. So I was in both conversations. So I, I didn't even tell the dad. I followed Zola. We came to the car. I said, Zola, what did you just do? She just knew she's been caught. Uh, she just said, wailing. I said, yeah, what did you do, uh." said, But daddy, I said, what did mommy say? "Uh." So she cried. So we sat in the car, and I went through with her about, it's okay to be upset, I know you want to skate badly. We had a whole conversation. And this is what I actually do. We talk about, first, about the emotion you're having. Be sad, it's okay, you'll be disappointed, but you did something wrong. So we talked about it, she stopped crying, she sat in the car, and Tula, you want to sit for a bit because you're upset? OK. Be upset here, yeah? and we sit in the car. I went through my sermon, I finished. Tula, you ready to come out? She said, no. Natula, it's all right, continue. Because it's OK to be disappointed. It's OK to feel sad. And also, when you have been caught in a wrong, and I'm talking to her, like she's, I'm telling you, you know, Zozo, it's OK. And I left her in the car. I came in, and mom is asking me, I said, I'm on top of it. Mom's like, maybe uh-uh. I'm on top of it. This was my turn. <laughs> So we stayed a bit, then I went back to the car, and I found her now ready to come out. Then I said, okay, you're ready now? Yeah, I think I'm ready. Then we, then we followed it up over the week. Like, do you know what you did on Sunday? You need to apologize. But then you must learn to help them regulate their emotions. That is an example. Another thing that used to happen with my own children is that when we would do games, so my children are in different personalities, and then the twins, have a quality look, kind of nature. Waki shindwa. Drama ensues. They throw the game. It's overturned. There's tantrum going up the stairs. They're saying it's unfair. By the way, once I've taught my kids once, twice, the game. mimi, I in mean the game. To win it. So I don't excuse that you're playing and it's nice. And I'm telling you, I started this from Snake and Ladders. Snake and Ladders. That's where we came from. So I'd watch, um, especially Miss Eve would run upstairs, crying, she feels, I'd wait her out, she comes back, nobody's gonna pick everything she did. But then we come and talk about yeah, I know it sucks to lose, it actually feels bad life, and we'd have conversation about that emotion. And I'd help her say, how do we regulate this? Like, I don't say regulate, but I know what I'm doing. I'm helping her understand it's okay. I'm not gonna punish you for having the emotion. But this also we are gonna do. We also don't react like that. We also leave and wake up. It's not a discipline time. It's actually to help her cope with the idea that you can lose in life. But then you'll still be the one to pick up the pieces and everything that you brought. Even Ethan was the same. they would just drop and say he will never play again. In fact, this is the last time he's playing with us because he hasn't won. I never play this game again. I should be asking them permission to share their stories. I'm the mother. Then he, but then we'll talk about it. But then the rule that comes after that is that if you lose, you pick up the game, you close it, it's your thing to lose. And by the way, even after when we do the games, we still have tears sometimes. Even I feel bad, like I lose in Monopoly, like nonsense. Ethan wins in Monopoly. Then Scrabble, even I am on top. Eric defeats us in nearly all the his Zuko, win up and down. So they, the dynamics change. But now we don't have... People don't refuse to play games because it's okay to be losing and it's okay to be upset. In fact, it's okay to say I feel bad today. In fact, I think, mom, you laughed the loudest. Somebody will tell me that. Leo, where mom, my check, They also give me the same treatment. They laugh roll on the ground. Like, for real. And then, of course, I get sad. I even say, oh, in fact... I mean, I also have emotions. I want to win. If you have played with me a bit, you will know I will kind of be a little bit competitive. So, apart from this one who over time, let me talk about this other child, how you train them to regulate. I don't want to go in too much on the news. I wanted to use just a little bit of examples. So, they are the son, my uh, oldest, Eric, is phlegmatic. So, phlegmatics, let me just confess, we are very self-regulators. We can regulate our own emotions in some instances. But what we have also learned is that because we are like that, it is very easy for people not to know how exactly we feel. So when they enter relationships, especially, it will be very hard for them to, for the person to be knowing, because I'm still quietly here, but I have some feelings about whatever is happening. So this self-regulation can be a negative thing because most of the times you might not know exactly where your person is at. So my son, Eric, has um, a legs. So as the others are doing tantrums, him, I have to bring him closer and say, uh, you must be disappointed. So it becomes a conversation. But I started very early to ask him, how are you feeling? Yeah, you must be disappointed. Find words. So I'll tell him that feeling is, you know, oh, you're sad? Yeah, it must be very sad, you know. So I... I give words to their emotions because I'm training them that it's okay to have these emotions. I'm saying it is fine, but we don't dwell there. Then I'll move them to next time, you know, you will do this, you will do it better. So one of the things and the benefits, especially for him, that happened, um, well, I don't talk about Eric in the last few I hope I get through this next point, how to illustrate how this happens. So a few years back around 2019, Eric came and told me, I don't feel okay. I don't feel fine. Something is wrong with me. I really do hope I can say this. (laughs) Something is wrong with me. So it started from 2019. And then by the time, okay. I need to... One day try, if, if I get into it now, you can say Taisha. <laughs> so, around 2020, uh, December, we had to diagnose him with bipolar type 2. Now, oh, how it presented itself, I pray to the Lord Jesus Christ, no parent in this room ever has to experience it, see it, or be part of it. It was the hardest And still is my hardest thing so far. Last year was a monster of emotions in my home. And as you can see, it's still something that is blowing my mind how it manifests itself. But the reason he was able to get help is because he knew something is wrong with himself. He knew these emotions are not okay. These thoughts are not fine. So I'm saying, sit with your child, understand your babies, their personality, then regulate them. Help them to regulate their emotions. Help them to speak them out. Train them that it's okay. Now, when I when I share this story, when I share my family stories, I need to move away from Eric's story. <laughs> One day I'll come and tell you the strength of Jesus Christ. They tell you I'm beloved of the Lord. I am very much beloved of the Lord, but I cannot lie, if there's anything that has devastated my life is that. How it manifests, how it comes up, how it came up. Um, <clears throat> so this, these things might sound, especially when I share like, they sound extreme. And you're telling yourself, I should be doing better. I don't have such uh, emotional things happening to or such stresses in my life. Let me say, every stress that your soul encounters is extreme for your soul. It doesn't have to look the same. Every stress that you feel, every emotion you feel, at your point of feeling it, it is at there, extreme for you, for your for your soul. So it's not a, a question of, is on a mingi, they have pitied more, that sounds more, uh-uh. It just means that's where you are at. Sawa. So do not leave this place saying maybe I am making a mountain hole of my little problem. It's not a small problem. Any emotional distress is not small. As long as your soul is stressed, as long as you feel imbalanced in some way, they just manifest different in different hours. Sawa sawa? I needed to say that. I don't know why I have extreme <laughs> examples. But that's how I wanted to say, if you do not train your child, train your children to regulate and balance their emotions. Amen? Amen. Let me share one more story before my second point. Sakwame is my other young boy, Pastor Andrew, the boy, has anxiety of being away from his parents and it's understandable. Uh, his personality leans that way. Uh, we all know they're adopted. So he, attachment is his thing, but it's not even about the adoption. It's mostly just his personality and he has an anxiety and attachment. So one of the things that I, was, I even started doing because he has to spend time with me away from his parents, they must have a break, I must have time with them also. So I, I started coming to his level So he's throwing a a tantrum, but I can tell this tantrum is not for discipline. Now, that's the thing about being in prayer and being a believer. If you start from the sermon, the Lord will give you discernment. So the child, I hold his face and I tell him, it's okay. Kwame, I am for you. I tell him, look in my eyes. Now he jokes, I say, close my eyes, I close my eyes. He says, I'm not seeing, Auntie Jade, I'm not seeing. I'm still holding his face saying, I am for you. And I say it often. It has even helped to regulate him when we are together. I can see it rising, then he remembers. He looks at me, comes and walks away with me. He may not cry for the mom that day. I don't know whether he'll do tomorrow, but if he does, it's okay. We'll just do the same, the same thing. I'm helping regulate his emotions. Now, one of the other things is you must learn between discipline and helping to regulate. There's some behavior, like now if he enters the car, and uh, let's see which he has done. He said, "The anger Chapa the brother, my shoe comes out. Kwame can tell you my shoe has come out." But then that is the behavior. We have already dealt with the emotion, but now the behavior that is harmful. There's a way we have to also discipline it. To tell your neighbor, train your child. Train your child. Do not neglect it. Their emotional health depends on you, the adult, if they're going to get it right. And even as I shared my son's story, you will do your best and leave the rest to Jesus. Amen? Amen. So it is our goal and responsibility to help the children understand their emotions and teach them to regulate. Remember, you'll only be able to do this if you yourself are emotionally balanced. So if and you can do your own check. If you discipline with anger, check yourself. It's not the child's problem. Them, they are at their right developmental stage, displaying the emotions that accompany growth process. They are sour, they are at their right stage. You need to check yourself. Amen. Your role is to train them. Train your so, the second bit, the second Bible truth that has absolutely I love for parents and I love for myself is, is do not exasperate the children. Ephesians 6 4 says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. Do not exasperate them to the point of resentment with demands that are trivial or unreasonable or humiliating or abusive, nor by showing favoritism or indifference to any of them. But bring them up tenderly with loving kindness in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. Even Colossians 3.21 also says, Fathers, and when I say fathers, just no parents, do not provoke or irritate or exasperate your children with demands that are trivial or unreasonable or humiliating or abusive, nor by favoritism or indifference. Treat them tenderly with loving kindness. So they will not lose heart and become discouraged or unmotivated with their spirits broken. May if there's a Bible verse there, every parent on their way to teenagehood, they need to be sitting with and tell the Lord, help me here. Is this one? If there's a Bible truth you need to hold on to, is this one? For real. You see, you need to what it's telling us, you need to not make demands. You need to learn, instead, to learn to communicate your expectations beforehand. If this baby can have emotions and stress, a small baby, if you demand respect, even your child demands respect, share rules and guidelines and consequences. Agree with them. When they were younger, my children, we had meetings every month. I've shared it before. And in that meeting you come up with rules if you break this what happens who does what and in that meeting i'll be told this week we may shout here coyote mom i'm like all right i'll watch myself and i look why was i shouting? stress maybe finances great work something was off sour because nene, nene. of the years i was in court with their dad they were the worst they i think they told me every month mom you are shout you open the door and you start from the door and i have every right to shout shoes are here bags are here you know But I could first instead, if I was a regulated emotions by then, because I had to grow in it, I'd walk in and greet my children. How was your day? And then I say, haven't we talked about this? That is me who's emotionally regulated, who knows my imbalance. Then we discuss if it's a broken rule, there will be punishment. If it's, uh, they'll quickly say, I'm sorry, we just walked in. I mean, it's a conversation. So I'm not always rushing to exasperate them and make demands and feel like the end of the world has come just because I've checked in. Like mom is at the gate bus, this day is just gonna be a mess. So I had to learn that that's not my first point of reference. It says do not exasperate your children. Do not be an uphazard parent where every day you are issuing orders. Changing your mind from one instruction to another now, because if you have done the right work for yourself and you started communication like from train, you will find like you have learned your children. My Ethan cannot be told right now. He can. Uh, please clean the sitting room. He will do it, but I can't see Nimem. Nimem offend. Nimem His male is just like, but there, he's very good at doing everything we want to do. He just needs it. Like, this week, who's doing what? All right, all right, who's cooking what? He's very good with it. Eve also has the same tendency. You have to have communicated before. Otherwise, no, mom, she'll give me feedback. They both give me feedback. Eric will do it, but he may not be as finesse as it should be. But he will willingly, okay, we are doing it. He's a very empathetic child and very compassionate in that way. But I've learned to, because I know their personality, and I don't want to exasperate. The rules are very clear in my house who cooks when, who does what. So it's very different. We don't have arguments about who is doing what, who's washing what. I can't tell you the last time I cooked in my house, I can't tell you the last time I was. In fact, I wash because I like it. I wash dishes in the house because it's my thing. Cleaning is my thing, cooking is not, hallelujah. Is there anyone who feels me? <laughs> so don't be a haphazard parent changing your mind from one instruction to another. That's how you exasperate your children. You will affect the emotional health for sure, and you'll be saying it's your child with a problem. It's your child with a problem, but it is not your child with a problem. There's an element that it is you. You're not consistent. Watch your own emotional balance so that you're also able to see how to help your own children. Create an environment where your child can give you feedback listen to understand before you share your wisdom. And sometimes don't rush to share it, especially when they're in your teens and young adults. Don't feel the pressure to actually come and say, yeah, yeah, I think this is what you do. My kids have a thing of saying, sometimes they're coming to me, mom, this is what's happening. But we don't want the pastor hat or the counselor hat. Just stay with the mom one. Like, wakikusoma. Then sometimes I'm told, are you shrinking me, mom? Are you actually telling me? Is this a theory? Like, so you have to learn um, when to share and when not to share. They have to live out their lives. Allow your child to express their emotions safely before you bring in the balance for them. Otherwise, you'll jump the gun and you will not get the full story. And then they'll be left with this unhinged emotional imbalance, which they don't know what to do, with, so they'll pack it. Then the social media will tell them, their peers will tell them. The other thing, parents, adults, teens, when they get to their teens, their number one truth is their peers. In their mind, eh? Is their peers. So you need to be a bit, eh, now, more wise, how you bring up topic. The meetings in my ha- house ended, because they used to come to my bed, sit. now they all can't fit in my bed. I, when I come for a meeting, people sit on the floor, because they are all in their eyes. But when you're in my car, hallelujah, I'm the driver, so need to slow down to, to have conversation. Gay wise, people. gay wise. I will not just inspirate them by coming to sit in my room where I'll just get, no. Yes. Sour. But in the car first, we have listened to number one child music, number two music, number three, and then I'm like, come on, now it's my turn. I love those times. Then the stories come out and I drop my point, though they have caught me. Sometimes they tell me, is this one of your moments, mom? Are we having a life lesson moment? (laughs) Teens and younger adults are now level, man. It's just another level. Mm. So allow your child to express their emotions safely before you bring in the balance for them. This way you learn your child and do not have high expectations that are based on society beliefs. This society believes comes in that it's the age of your child. There's a way we view the firstborn vis a vis the secondborn. You know? There is a way you view the one who's mostly uh, uh, celebrated academically vis-a-vis the one who is actually celebrated by you, the parents, because you can see the gifts, but the world is like, he gifted to your levi. For real. I mean, that's the nature of our children. So you must learn to how do you celebrate your children until you have raised two twins of this different gender, different giftings. Come and talk to me. I'm telling you, there's nothing as balancing as that. It's very hard. And then I had to teach the, the sister to because she's um, academically, she chases it, she loves it, she thrives, that's her area. So you're in primary, they're getting awards, you will get like 10 of all the awards for that prize-giving day. And he's already told me, why are we still doing school? Who created school? What was school about? This is a child in class one. Went and told the teachers, they're all in my exercise book. I ain't doing them again. I was called to the school. I told the teacher, why oh, are you calling me? Answer the child. Why is he doing them again? You see, when they're differently placed, the schools don't know what to manage. So I had to help the teachers. I've visited my schools. There's no school the teachers don't know me. Because I'm, I want them to understand my children, because I do not emotional damage. Already the world will do it. In fact, I'm an imperfect parent. I already know they'll be going to counseling soon. Because I'm an imperfect parent. But where I can help it, I will step in. So I go and tell the teacher, so you explain to him why he has to repeat the ones in the exercise book as an exam. Then he asks, who created this? I'm telling you. he was Who said this is the way it should be done? That time the sister has been in hospital a whole month. Comes home from hospital begging for the exams. I'll never forget that year. She had been in hospital for a month. And she came out of hospital, begged the school to bring exams. She, they brought home every day. We were near the school. And she was number four, which she cried. Because she's always number one. That's the only time she's ever been number four. She wailed for the whole world. Me, I was like, finish wailing, then we discuss. See, number four. Because I just say, on a number four with my number four. But I'm me, me not happy na number four. But that's how people are wired differently. So if you don't learn to help your children and be part of their growth... Not just behave, the emotions. Be in tune with them. You will miss out a great opportunity just to help them learn how to regulate their emotion. Do not make your emotional burdens or life burdens become their burdens. This is a big one for adults and parents. Learn to se- se- separate even as you share life lessons with them. Learn to separate. Do not treat them as your friends above the father their children. Even my young adults, I consider them my friends. We went to the movies; they were there with us yesterday. But the one thing I'm cautious about: they are my children first. They are my, they are my children first. So I will not emotionally burden them, because I'm their adult, their consistency, their sense of security. Though me, as I said, Muridu kwa direct kwa Jesus Kwanza. In fact, as you share yourself, because me, I've told my children, Mimi, I will disappoint you, but God will never disappoint you. It's something I've said from when they were small. So they know I'm human, I'm imperfect. I will be sad if you ate all the sausages and did not leave one for me. They will look at me, but mother, I'm like, yeah, 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 your mother who bought them also wants sausage, and I'm sad you didn't leave me a sausage. And then they say, okay, she's human. They will leave me a sausage. And I'm very happy with that sausage. So do not make your emotional burdens. Don't burden them. So even when you're sharing a life lesson, because the other thing we talked about is that last week when you say prioritize your children, is that when they get your emotions of what is happening in your life stresses, there's a place to have conversation of what's happening. Why are we changing? Are we moving from a five-bedroom to a two-bedroom? Or why are we all of a sudden saying to to Nenanga in I'm telling you. Me, it was another one to do that Cuckoo chicken thing used to be called. Ken Chick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me had to move my children from carnivore steers, Chakaranda. We had a meeting Kaka chick is where the treat will be coming from. But how I share it is not to tell them by the way. I'm being auctioned. In fact, your father's taking me to. I didn't even get that. I just say life is a bit different, uh, making adjustments to uh, money. If I now when they hear, they're like, "Mom, Yanni." <laughs> but at that age, what they are, I needed them not to think something is happening, not to create stories for themselves. Don't burden them with unnecessary emotional burdens, even as you share a life lesson. Because I believe for a home to have emotionally healthy children, they need to be involved, as I said, in some of the struggles or challenges that are going on in the home that might affect them. But how you share it will speak into how emotionally healthy your child will become, even as there is challenge in the home, whether there's an health issue. Even my son's um, diagnosis had to be a family affair. And as I said, how it presented itself affected everybody but we had to sit down and have a conversation about it. I processed it differently with them than I have even with my DG, with some of the members in the church, who I just told them, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, it was just one of those things. I walked to Angie's house and Nix and wailed there. Then we washed my face, they walked me back and we have a great time in my house. But then I'm also helping them process and I'm also saying, I am actually also in, with you, Eric, in this, Nini. He's on medication, he's doing very well. He's taken some time to balance the medication, uh, which is a whole drama by itself, but Jesus is Lord, amen. But then we have had to have, I've not assumed the twins are not affected. I know they are. It changed a bit of dynamics because his medication meant our finances have to lean heavily on that side. And while well, they don't make it a burden because it's not their burden, I'm just like, share. Don't allow them to create stories. You see, teens have a way of creating stories. Let me tell you a true story. Every young adult I've had the thing of, and I talk about young adult is 20 to 25. And when I've had sessions with them, when they come presenting one problem, but the third session is a story they created about their home. The few that have had a chance to have their parents in the session, the parents are always appraised, but that's not what was going on. Like, oh no, what made you think that? But nobody helped them process what they are feeling and what they are seeing. Or the phone calls, you know? Their shoo 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 shoo. Nobody helped them process what is going on. So they created a story that created a belief system in them, which ends up affecting them emotionally. Are we together? So remember, emotional well-being informs our behaviors. So the two things I wanted to say today is number one, train your number two. Do not exasperate your children. There's many ways I could have gone with these two points, but I was afraid, as I said last week, to traffic at four o'clock. <laughs> but I really trust and I pray, as I have said. That we will do our best with the Lord's help to have healthy families, to be healthy ourselves. Amen? So as I conclude today, I just want to say, acknowledge that emotional imbalances or issues are not a surprise to God. Issues are not surprised to God. Emotional or even mental health issues in God's hands are defeated. We have hope in God, and as I said last week, there is hope for families. I have great hope for my son. Sometimes it wins. Sometimes I'm on the floor with the Lord about it, but I have great hope because I know my Lord. Because the Lord is able, is willing, and does redeem families. Nothing is impossible in God and with God. Amen the second thing that you must carry today is that you must acknowledge and not live in denial stress is inevitable sour and even our children as young as they may be they have their own levels of stresses in school they have stresses younger primary, they have their own stresses find out how they feel what's happening in school learn to ask questions let me give you another tip most of our children until they are taught, they will not know what to raise about their day. So learn to be the initiator until it will reach a point that the ones who knocks on your door and tells you, and I hope it's not what I'm saying, but they will be able to want to come and tell you, like my son, I feel I'm not okay. Because you learned way before to ask the questions. I didn't assume Because why I did not assume is because there are too many life changes in their lives. I said there were difficult. Remember what I said the stresses of kids? Difficulties, pain. I've forgotten the third one. Eh? Threatening, things threatening. So if you see their display, even you're leaving them, something has shifted. Whether it's a death of a grandparent and they were tight, don't assume, have a conversation whether it's a change of jobs, whether it's even a good thing. I'm telling you, your children will acquire new stresses. you to fly to Dubai for holidays, comes home and looks at you. ah <laughs> Sir, people are going to, you are just barely coming up, saying, I'm going to Next, you ought to know where horses are bought. But people are going for horses. Help your children to regulate. If you shift, shift slowly. You are the only one who can help them understand what's happening in their lives. Amen? So stress is inevitable. It will show up in all our ways, in our school, work, and relationship. It will inform our behaviors that are affecting our emotional health. So again, I repeat, every stage of life will have life stresses. Every stage of life will have stress. There will be stresses. The choice is to live empowered by being self-aware and acknowledge when we are experiencing the emotional imbalances. Let me repeat, the choice is to live empowered by being self-aware and acknowledge when we are experiencing the emotional imbalances. That's where empowerment is. I can assure you, if I was not self-aware, if I had not spent my time with Jesus, if I do not know where I am in the Word, if the Word had not affirmed me, as I said, how my child's illness manifested would have had me in Madari. Me, I can tell. I cannot, there, were, there are levels I can cope and there are levels I know I can't cope. It's only by my strength that I'm able to do anything. But I have to put myself first in the Word, I've put myself in community. My DG prays. My family prays. But when my dad passed, I felt like, oh my God, one more person who was helping me deal. is gone. So I was asking the Lord, what's your plan? What is the plan? Because in you there's no vacancy. You know, in God there's no vacancy. So I was like, you must be having a plan. And he must be having a plan because we are still standing. Amen? So the choice is to live empowered. being self-aware acknowledge when we are experiencing the emotional imbalances which is anxiety worry fear stress acknowledge it then take it to what we said i think in the second sermon the other thing we must leave this series knowing that emotional wellness starts with you we have said that and i repeat it do what you need to keep yourself emotionally healthy as I said, have a relationship with God. Believe God. Be in His Word. Stay in community. Share with someone. And seek help professionally if needed. Do not isolate because things are not going well. Many people leave. In fact, our biggest problem in life groups that guys would have a problem, and then they leave LG to go sort out the problem. I'm like, I have nothing nice to say, just pray like this. Then keep quiet the whole time. But stay in the presence of the Lord. Yeah? Don't isolate yourself. Choose behaviors and a lifestyle that informs or grounds emotional wellness. Check your lifestyle. Your children's well-being depends on it. Check your, you as an auntie and an uncle, that nephew needs. It depends on you. It could be depending on you. You could be the one to go share this someone with your sister, your brother. Or, if they're not receptive, you start living out these truths when you have the kids. The last absolute fact about emotional wellness that I believe and seen is that prayer is everything. Amen? Prayer is? So as we journey through living an emotionally balanced life, as we help your children and family around you do the same, prayer must be part and parcel of the process. You must invite God first in seeking emotional wellness for self and others. You might through the last couple of Sundays picture that a colleague or a family member or even that child, and you can see that their behavior is speaking to an emotional imbalance and you don't know what to do about it. Invite the Lord into that space. Invite the Lord. There's so much power in it. I have a different emotional imbalances my kids have had. This COVID season, there was uh, one of the things that made Ibn get to where he was, is the COVID season. Because his bipolar type 2 is a mood disorder. And anxiety... And worry is his thing. So it felt like the world was ending. What is the point of living? The world was ending. But apart from him, I was still managing the twins who were doing Form 4. And I can tell you, the high achiever was on the brink of feeling like, oh my God, I'm going to fail. This is the one the whole school is like, ah. we all know. But then her emotional imbalance had me one time saying, like, let's just hire a chopper. I go to Nyeri. Let me just go camp in Nyeri because I cannot sleep. Because when she calls, I'm telling you, she sent me some messages. I was like, Lord, have mercy. Lord, have I did so many trips to Nyeri in the midst of everything that was happening, in the midst of my dad dying. I was driven by friends. We went and slept. There was my friend Sarah, who co-parents with me seriously. I mean, we would go to Nyeri just because I'm like, if I don't, I can tell. If I don't have this conversation with her, even the child will tell me, come. Even come and talk to all the kids <laughs> at this rate. You know, like, come and have this conversation. You know, these national schools, they are great. Somebody say great. But the children in those great schools, the emotion is normally what is at stake. The academic is not. Their careers is normally not. But the emotions are normally what's at stake. I feel Ethan balances his emotion better because he feels going pressure. What is school about? <laughs> he really does, but he also has his cause he's quite a male call. So I help regulate because you he'll wake up and I won't speak to him I'm from when he was very young. And I had to teach him, you live with people, you're not in an island. Son of mine, Nikisema, good morning. You answer? But I didn't get angry. It wasn't a discipline. You have been rude to me. I understood. So let's have a conversation of why it is important. And for him, he wants to know why. See, if I agree to admit, this is enough. I'm telling you. (laughs) Parent, intentional parent is all for the faint hearted. Somebody say it's not. It really is not. So let me say, parents, this is not to put blame on you. By the way, if your child is struggling with something. The one thing I know, it's always we go there. We start thinking, even my child. I was like, Oh my God, how did I get here? Then I shifted to God. <laughs> I mean there are things I, I told the Lord. Maybe it's another sermon. So do your best with the teachings of this sermon and then let God do the rest. I've come to see that even for our children, their experiences in life will lead them to living out their God given purposes. It's part of their lives. We have merely stewards, let me tell you. There'll be some things we can't help them actively or remove from them. But prayer is everything. Amen? Your presence and consistency is everything. Your trust in God for your children is everything. This is what I'm trying to say. Surrender your children to God. Seize ownership. Remember why we say seize ownership of work? Even for your children, seize. Even for your family, seize could be that brother who's into drugs or whatever and you've been sweating about it. At some point, just stand still. Seize ownership. Just make it a point to being that person in prayer. Exalt God in your child's life, in your family member's life. Let God be bigger than that situation. Go into the Word and find verses. If all the verses I've shared this month, pick and put them there and say, exalt God. God. This is what I'm saying about you. I'm telling you, there is power in the word of the Lord. Me, I have a full life. I have an abundance of life. I love life. I have joy that I know it is of the Lord. But it's not go- It's not self-given. Me, me, I think good thoughts. Never. I got none of that. I live in the word. I believe in fellowship. I believe in people. I believe in prayer. Amen. So don't isolate yourself. Exalt God. So, my third, I want to conclude. Let's, we want us to go into a place of prayer. I think the one thing about understanding emotional health from a biblical perspective is that for real, we can enlist God's help because it is in his word. Amen? Isn't that hopeful? Isn't it hopeful? It really is. Because it means we can bring the worst of our emotional, our desperate situations to God because he's our creator. And our emotions do not intimidate him. And either the issues we go through, they don't intimidate him. In fact, don't mince your words with the Lord. Me, I have seen miracles in my life. I see the Lord every day. And he can tell you, if he came, I will tell you, this one is too truthful with her emotions. I know them. So just chill. But me, I tell him as I feel them. I don't know why this is my cup, Lord. I really did ask him. I thought, Tuna Songambele. But even in that, Tuna Songambele, because my son is doing well. He's about to graduate with very good grades. He's about to graduate. He's an awesome child. He serves the Lord in Mavuno Hill City. At the moment, he's helping out at operations in Mavuno. He's an wholesome child. And when the Lord has given us knowledge of medication, he's taking it. But may I know at the bottom of it, a have a testimony. Amen. This one, I asked him whether I should in the beginning of the series because I was like, I don't know if I'll get through it because I didn't want to go here. So I'm glad that the Lord has strengthened me today. Maybe that's why I was unwell because it is something that has really wizarded me.